0: We remember to remember. We remember so we will not forget. It seems like more and more each and every year we have to educate people what Memorial Day is all about. It's about those that sacrifice for our freedoms, which we enjoy. Memorial Day is more than just a picnic or a time at the lake, barbecue, vacation. It's to remember so we will not forget. Those that have lost loved ones due to the wars, you don't have to remind them, because they live it every day. they're reminded of the sacrifices that their families have paid for our country that we get to enjoy. So when tomorrow you wake up tomorrow, remember to remember. When you wake up tomorrow, remember so you won't forget. And may. Of 1940, 365,000 Allied forces were trapped on the coast of Dunkirk, France. The Germans were in hot pursuit to take them out. When it looked like there's going to be a massacre, one British naval officer, he sent back a message to London for help. In that quick message, he only put three words in that message. Those three words were, but if not. The guy on the other end of the line that received that message, when he read that words, those words, but if not, he knew immediately this guy was referring to the book of Daniel. And with that three-word message, he knew that the situation over in France was desperate. It would take a miracle to take care of those Allied forces. So with that message, he took it to his CO, and immediately Britain, British, they got involved. They they got 850 ships, some large and some fishing boats. Their plan was to go and get as many Allied forces off of that beach they could before the Germans annihilated them. So they put that in motion. And for some unknown reason Hitler he told his generals to hold back do not pursue the generals were fierce they were mad at Hitler here we are they are right here we could take them out easily they're trapped we have more men and more weapons we could take those allied forces out but Hitler says no hold tight and that's when the miracle of Dunkirk happened What was supposed to be a one day rescue mission to rescue 45,000 Allied forces turned into nine days of rescue operation, and 365,000 soldiers made it out alive. It did not look good at the start. Today, I'm going to share a bedtime story with you. Do not get sleepy. Do not get sleepy. I don't want you going to sleep. I want you to be wide awake to hear what God has to say for us today. But I'm going to take you back to a bedtime story where at the very beginning, it did not look good. So if you're here today, you've got your phones, you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the third chapter of the book of Daniel. You knew I had to go to Daniel, right? Because I just shared a story with about, but if not. So we're going to look at chapter 3 of Daniel. For those who are watching us via our live stream, uh, I'm Scott Morton. I'm not Kenneth Bruce. You know, um, Kenneth Bruce, he looks so good with his hair sticked up like this, you know? <laughs> when I was little, I'm fix to date myself. I'm to find out who is older than I am in this audience here. When I was little, if my hair stuck up somewhere with a cow lick or something, my mother would get deep doo and just slick it back. <laughs> Kenneth looks good just like this. So do not touch your computers. I'm Scott Morton. That's Kent Bruce. He looks good with his hair. I look good with mine falling out. So, so here we are. Daniel chapter 3. I thank you that you're turning your Bibles. It's good to hear pages go back and forth. So before we get started, let's bow for a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for a place to worship. We thank you for our freedoms that we gather here in this place safe because of those that put their lives on the line. Those that sacrificed all they had so that we could enjoy. God, America does not look like it used to be. We don't look like ourselves. We don't talk like we used to talk. We don't act like Americans. Father, forgive us. We ask that you will heal our land. Those of us that are Christians, we don't look like Christians anymore. We don't talk like it. We don't act like it. We don't walk like it. God, forgive us where we have failed you. So God, today in this service, keep us awake. God, we ask you that you would challenge us today. We ask that you will convict us today. We ask that you will change us today. Make yourself known. May we not leave this place the same way we came. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we get into our our Bible story today here, let me take you back here. Daniel chapter 1. You have King Nebuchadnezzar, he leaves Babylon, he goes to Jerusalem, and he takes over. Why was he able to take over Jerusalem? I'll tell you the reason he was able to take over, because God allowed it. Because God told his people, I want you to worship me. I want you to fall in love with me. I want to be your God. And I want you to be my people. If you have other gods in mind and you worship other gods in here, you keep on and on and on and on. I'm going to let you have what you really don't want. If you want to know how it feels to live without God, I'm going to let you experience it. So what did the slow people of people, God's people do? They didn't obey. So here in chapter 1, you see King Nebuchadnezzar coming into Jerusalem and taking over. And while he's there, he's thinking about, I want to enhance my country, nomination. I'm going to take back some other things I could use. Plus, I'm looking for some handsome people. I'm looking for some smart people. I'm looking for some people that are teachable. I'm going to take them back to Babylon, and I'm going to use them. So that's how we have Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with King Nebuchadnezzar. So that's what happens when people get away f- from God. If we think we got gas problems, if we think there's inflation, shortage of baby formula, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what's going to happen if us, as a country, us as believers, don't get back to the basics. God is going to let us live without him, and we're not going to like what we get. So if we think we just got long lines or, or we got inflation or we got problems in the White House, we got problems in the church house because we're not doing what we should do as followers of Jesus Christ. So if we just think that's bad, the inflation and the gas prices are like a form, what do you think it's going to be like when there's a famine because when God does not speak to us anymore because we don't want him as our God? We better get serious about getting back to the basics. Chapter 2. We see where King Nebuchadnezzar now, he had his dream here. He could not understand what his dream was. He looked for someone to interpret this dream. Here comes Daniel. Daniel says, I cannot interpret that dream, but God can. And this is what God says. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar was excited. His dream got interpreted. He got explained to him what really happened and what the meaning of that dream was about. So he's excited. So he said, Man, your, your God is God. Your God is good. He is the man. He is the bomb. Woohoo! As in chapter two, some scholars believe it's been 20 years from chapter two to chapter three. You know why they think that? Because in chapter three, chapter one, two, three, it goes in order. See, one, two, and three. So it hadn't been that long, you would think. One, two comes out to one, then comes three. It's easy. But it's been a 20 years' gap because when we get to chapter three, King Nebuchadnezzar is not thinking about Daniel's God anymore. What happened? Chapter three, you see, it was all about King Nebuchadnezzar. He built this 90 foot statue. Covered with gold. And he invited everybody to come to Babylon. Have you ever gone to a party when you get there and realize, oh, this is a little bit more than I thought. I mean, I'm, you don't get all of the information. You get it when you get there. Well, people came there. And here it is. He says, hey, everybody here, I want you to bow down. I want you to worship this This idol. Now, verses 2 and 3 of chapter 3, it may be a little confusing. Let me explain there here. Everybody that the king invited got that invitation, you showed up. If you had a surprise birthday party for your mother-in-law, you ain't going. You're going to see the king. You're going to his party. If you want to have a romantic getaway, you've been planning this for two or three years. It's on the calendar circle. Then you get an invite for the king. It says, hey, we've got this big shing dig and you, you're coming. You're going to that. That's how it worked. So when they got there, they realized, hey, this is the rest of the story. When you hear this music, all you got to do is bow down. Just bow down and go with it. It's all about me. It's not about Daniel's God. It's all about me. A lot of people in our audience, majority of the people in the audience have no problem whatsoever. Except for three people. Isn't that the way it is with America? Is a lot of people don't have a problem the way the world is going. But a few people. And when you go against those majority, whew, it's a tough price to pay. So here we are. They get there on the scene here, and everybody bows down when that music plays. Except for three people standing up. What we could do as believers, what the church could do, if a few people would be able to stand up and face the music, say, I'm not afraid, I'm I'm not bending, I'm standing. You see that great slide that Tammy made for me? How to face the fiery trials of life. How to face the fiery trials of life. I got three things with, for you this morning. There are three words. Easy to remember. Daniel chapter 3. Shed right me, Shed and Abednego. Three. Three points. Three words with the letter C. I got faith in you. You'll be able to remember this when you get sleepy tonight. Three C's here. So, the fiery trials in life here. So, here we are. You got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got a situation here. You either bow down or or, or you die. They decide to make a stand. So, the first C. What do you do? What do you do when you come and find yourself in a situation like this? Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. What what do you need to do to... uh, survive that moment where you stand. You stand with conviction. You stand with conviction. Me, Meshach, and bendigo they had no problem with the decision that they made. So they decided to just stand. I'm looking at the clock already. I'll look at the clock. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. I'll, I need to look at it. I need to worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. You just need to listen to this bedtime story. Because the first point is conviction. So we have this Hebrew guys here. They could have got out of this here and said, "Oh, okay, I'm just going to bow down." But they chose not to. They, because of their conviction, they said, "I'm going to trust. And I'm going to believe in God." These fiery trials that pop up in our lives—they come out of nowhere, don't they? You may be a couple, you just celebrate your 10th wedding anniversary. Everything's rocking along, doing well here, and now your marriage is on the rocks. What about you grew up in Westwood as a church family? You're faithful. You come here, you're growing in your faith. One of your child grows up, moves out of the house, and decides he doesn't want to follow God anymore. What about another trial you're facing in life here? It's where you're a single parent where you go to work and you, during your time, during your break, you have the Word of God on your desk and you read the Word of God. As a single parent, as a single mom, you're looking for that inspiration from God. So you read that. And everything's rocking along just fine. But all of a sudden, somebody do not like that. Now you're persecuted. Now your job's in jeopardy and you're a single mom. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if you kind of vacate to Bible school and your child gets saved? Then a week later, he's in the hospital dying with cancer. What are you going to do? These fiery trials of life pop up all the time. How do we handle this? How Shed Shadrach, Meshat, and Abednego handle it? They stood. They stood with conviction. I don't care what everybody else is doing. I am not bending. I'm not bowing. If I had to burn, I would burn, so be it. I am sticking to my, my thoughts. Conviction. Conviction, we say it's a, it's, that's a private matter, my conviction. No, it's not. Because we display that every single day with the words and our actions. So they had conviction. When we have conviction, there's a couple of things. I want us to consider as we examine our life, we must determine whether we live by conviction or preference. Do you know the difference between conviction and preference? Preference are changeable and may vary throughout our lifetimes. There are beliefs that we hold on strong right now, but something else comes along and looks something else Somebody talks to us about something else here. We'll leave that and go to something else. That's preference. Conviction is conviction. It is solid. No matter how this ends, I am not moving. That's conviction that I want you to experience. I want you to have. You get that conviction by getting in God's word and knowing what is truth and what is a lie. And that's how I'm going to live my life. I don't care what everybody does. That's company. company. I don't care what everybody else does in Indiana or whatever. I'm going to stick to what I believe is right from the Word of God. That is conviction. So you know the difference between preference and conviction. And when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had conviction. So the first word, how do you stand? How do you face these fiery trials in life? First, you stand. You stand with conviction. The second C that you do, you stand with confidence. You stand with confidence. There's this guy; I can't remember his name. Over in Paris, back in the day, he would stretch a, a rope high above the buildings, and he walk across it. Tightrope artist. He did it all over Paris. This American reporter saw this, and he goes, "I don't think he can do it here in America." So he calls this guy. He said, "Hey, I've seen you do what you do, but I'm inviting you to come to America. I want you to walk across Niagara Falls. I don't think you can do it, but I'll pay you a whole bunch of money. And I'll pay your airfare and everything else for you to get here." So the guy took him up on the offer. He said, "All right, I'll come." So he came to America. He's going to start on the Canadian side and go to America side. On a tightrope. And he's going to do it blindfolded. Got a little bit more scary, didn't it? And that promoter is right there on the American side watching him come. And he is blindfolded and he is bringing his act across that tightrope. When he gets to the other side, he turns off his blindfolded, he said, um, went right to the reporter, the guy promoting, the guy that brought him over here, he said, you think I can do it? He said, yeah, I, I just saw you do it. He said, no, no, no. Do you think that I can do this? He said, oh, yeah, I just witnessed it. No, no, no. Do you believe that I can go from here to there, back to the Canadian side? Do you believe it? I'm going to do it blindfolded again, but this time I'm going to be pushing a wheelbarrow. Do you believe it? And God said, I believe it. He said, we get in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Confidence. We find ourselves in a tough situation. God said, I'll be with you. I'll help you through this. He said, I trust you. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, God. But we will not get in the wheelbarrow. Is that confidence or not? Shadrach, Meshach, and Betty go, they had conviction. Shadrach, Meshach, and Betty go, they had confidence. Let's listen to this. Let's listen to this, this passage of Scripture today. I'm going to start with verse 12, chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3. We're going to look at these few verses here but you have to listen to them and see what I'm talking about when I'm talking about conviction and see what I'm talking about when i talk talking about confidence that these guys had. Begin in verse 12. To set the scene again, Romano says here, he invites every, King Nebuchadnezzar that is, invites everybody to come over. When you get over there, you're going to hear this music. And I want you to bow down and worship this idol. Worship this God. Everybody does, and then you see these three Young guys that are not doing it, and somebody rats on them and comes tells the king. So here we go, verse twelve. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar and his rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, in verse 15, if you are ready at this time, you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and the symphony, with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made then good. But if you do not worship, you should be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is a God who would deliver you from my hands? Oh, this is good. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor we worship the golden image which you have set up. Wow. When I was in bed, getting ready to go to bed, and I heard that story, I wasn't ready to go to bed. I was fired up. Dippy-doo and all, I was fired up about that story. Right there, it just shows you that their, their conviction and what's number two the confidence I'm not doing I'm not bowing down I hope the next time you find yourself in a fiery trial of life and it looks like it's not going to end well I hope you'll trust Jesus enough to get in that wheelbarrow some of you are going through some tough times this very moment Some of you will, probably after you leave this church, something's going to happen. One phone call, one email, one message, one doctor appointment, something's going to happen. Do you have confidence in the one we say, he is my Lord and he is my Savior? As Christians, we often start off this journey hot in pursuit of Jesus Christ. Then life happens, troubles come, and we start to doubt. Are we a people that we... Our faith over fear, or we are people where fear over faith. or we the type of people here at Westwood where we say, we trust in God no matter what? Or we just give lip service to God because we really don't trust him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Bethany goes, hey, I'm not going to do this, King. You can do what you want to. If we burn, we burn, but I'm not bowing down to your golden image. I'm not bowing down to you. You're not my God. My God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's worked well for me thus far. If God wants to abandon me here at this very moment, so be it. I'm not bowing down. I'm trusting that he will deliver me somehow. You know, can you imagine that scene? You're, you're, you're right here facing the mightiest man in the world. He, he has your life just like that. You can feel the heat from the furnace. And you're going to tell me you're going to be able to stand up there and say, I'm not doing it. Take me there. Throw me in. I'm not doing it. But the boldness and the confidence they had. Conviction. Confidence and courage. Those three words, you're going to hear them all day in your head. Conviction, confidence, and courage. Hans Britt, he never made it to his 22nd birthday. Hans Britt never made it to his 22nd birthday. He didn't die of cancer. He didn't die of an accident. He died because of his religious beliefs. He lived in the Netherlands. When his father died, he had to take over as being the head of the house. And he'd go around and preach about Jesus. He'd go around and preach about the Word of God. Hans Britt... He died before he made it to his twenty-second birthday, like I told you. Not long after he got baptized, he started teaching the word of God, and what he would teach was this is what he got in trouble with. He's Anabaptist, that denomination. He believed that infant baptism was wrong. He went against the teachings of the Catholic Church. He thinks baptism is great. But to be baptized as an infant, then you need to be rebaptized Because you don't know what you're doing. As an infant, when you're one or two, some of you may have experienced that in your life before. You got baptized as an infant. Hans Britt says you need to come to know Christ. And when you come to know Christ, understand what sin and all that's about here, then you get baptized. You're showing the whole world, hey, he is my God. I live for him now. Well, the Catholic Church didn't like that. So they came one night. He worked as a bakery making sweets, desserts. Man, I would be... If I worked in a factory like that, we all would be... Cinnamon rolls and scones and you name it. Are you getting hungry yet? So here he is. They come to him at 9 o'clock at night. He opens the door. He tries to run. They, they bring him back to the castle and throw him into the dungeon, and they torture him. And they try to convince him, you got to let this go. You cannot preach this. About if you're infant baptizing, you need to be rebaptized again. You cannot do this. You need to stop it. He said, I'm not going to do it. Because I believe you need to know what you're asking Jesus to do. You ask him to save you of your sins, and then you're baptized. It's a new life with Christ. I'm not stopping that. They said, well, think about it. So they put him in solitary confinement for weeks in a dark dungeon. While he's in that dark dungeon, guess what he's doing? He's running home, letters home to his mama. He's running letters home to his sister. He's running letters home to his friends. He's running home his letter to his congregation. He said, stick to your guns. Do not give up the faith. Do not give up this fight here. We know what is right. They know we are right. So I'm not, don't worry about me. If I die, I die. So they try to torture him and make it bad that he would just deny all his beliefs. Well, they said you're going to get executed. How are we going to kill you? You're going to burn at the stakes. Do you know what they did to that Hansbury, that young man that was on fire for Christ? They came in his cell, January the 4th, 1557. They came in and told him to stick out his tongue. We're going to shut you up one way or the other. We're afraid that if we don't shut you up all the way to the be burned to stakes? You'll be crying out about Jesus, crying out about being rebaptized. If you're an infant, we're not going to let you do that. So we're going to clamp your tongue down. So they clamped his tongue down, put a screw through it to keep it tight. And guess what else they did? To make sure they didn't slip out of that clamp, they took a hard, hot iron and burned the tip of his tongue, so it swelled up. This is a guy's got conviction. This guy's got confidence that God's going to take care of him. This guy's got courage. So that's what they did to him. Then they took him to the pile of wood, and he burned alive right there because he would not deny Jesus Christ. Anybody over here got that kind of courage? What about up here? You got that kind of courage? You talk the talk here at Westwood, but at school you don't talk that kind of talk. Because you don't have the guts to talk like that, you don't want to be counseled. What about right here? You got that kind of courage? You may be a deacon here at Westwood Baptist Church. You got that kind of courage? What about right there? You may be in a praise team. You got that kind of courage? You got that kind of conviction, that kind of confidence? God's going to take care of you when you find yourself in a fiery trial situation. What about over here? You may be faithful to him. That may be your seat every single Sunday. But you don't have that kind of courage. You dress the part, but you, you don't have that kind of courage. We'll be over here. Sometimes y'all don't get looked at. Does Kenneth look at y'all? Does he? I, I, I'll, I'll be looking from now on. Make sure he includes y'all. Make sure y'all are here. Cause, you know, you're over here. Get fired up here. by Okay. I'm looking at you today. Do you have that kind of courage? Do you have that kind of conviction? That kind of confidence? And no matter what, God's going to take care of you? If I die, if a fire trial, whatever it may be, if someone comes to know Christ because of the way I handle my business during that tough time, is all worth it. It's all worth it. I'm going to be bold to say this. As I'm closing out. This room is is crowded this morning. Even for those that are watching on the online live stream. A room this size. There is no way you can tell me that every single person in this room is a born again believer. You cannot tell me that. And you know that. But you'll sit here week after week after week after week. Come here with your Bibles. Wait for God to speak to you. He speaks to you. He draws you say, hey, you're not right with me. And what do you do? You walk right out here. Next Sunday, you come back and make sure you get your favorite seat. You don't want nobody sitting in there. You got your Bible. And God speaks to you again, again, again. And you walk out here the same way. Because you cannot tell me that every person in this room here is going to heaven when you die. Because I'm going to tell you, you're not if you don't know Christ. You need to be convicted this morning, right where you sit. You need to have confidence that if you come down here, that he is going to save you. And I'm asking you this morning, I want you to come down here and show your courage. I just displayed these guys that showed courage this morning, right? There's 365,000 soldiers Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hans Britt. What about you this morning? Kevin's going to come here in a few minutes, and he's going to sing. And he's going to play his piano. And the Lord's going to do some talking. If you're here today, and you do not know him as Lord and Savior, you need to come. This may be your last opportunity. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you a little bit of reality. There's only one way into heaven. That's through Jesus Christ. I don't care if you come to church every single Sunday. You work in the cafe. You're a door greeter. You work in the parking lot. You're a deacon. You need be a minister. It doesn't matter. If you're lost, you're lost. Today is a day to quit playing church and do what you need to do. I'm not going to... Pray and then open my eyes, see where you're here. If you, need, if you want to do business with God, and you're lost and down and going to hell, and you know that, you need to walk down this aisle here. You need to come down here, talk to me. We've got other ministers here. I'd be glad to talk to you. Do not leave here the same way you came in here, if you don't know Christ. If you're here today, and your world's falling apart... And you want to trust Jesus, you want to trust God with your problems here, but you, you just, whew, I'm not sure. Do like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They said, hey, I put my life in God's hands. I put my life in God's hands. I believe he's going to help me. But if I die in this fiery trial of life, whatever it looks like, so be it. If I have to live with whatever he's throwing my way, I'll do it. I'm trusting he will deliver me. I'm believing that he will save me in this situation. But if not, I'm still going to serve him to the day I die. God's already speaking to you right now. Do not fight him. You do not want to be here when the church is raptured. You do not want to go and bust hell wide open because you want to be popular. You want to go with the crowd. Take a stand today. Be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Take a stand today like Jesus Christ did when he stood up for us.